are listening to Ouija Broads. This is Liz. This is Devin. Yay. I like talking to you. I like talking. You gave me more praise. (laughs) I like talking to you, too. Yes. I have an interesting story for you that I'm going to try to do justice to. And it's been on my radar forever, but I haven't had time to do justice to it. Okay. And... I still don't know that I will, but at least I'm going to try. So this is something that a listener sent in. Her name is Kat Mueller. And Kat is a Portlander who found out about this very interesting topic. And at the end, remind me to tell you about her art show. Oh, cool. Uh, Yeah. She's also doing an art show (gasps) that I think people who are listening to our show would probably be interested in. But I wanted to credit Kat's awesome research because she sent me, like, when she told me about this topic, I was like, oh, interesting. And she sent me, like, a bunch of news clippings and original, like, documents that have been scanned and stuff. I saw her name come through our email address. Yeah, That's what, okay, because I remember being like, okay, this is clearly something Liz is doing. I don't want to, like, get the scoop. I want to be surprised, but I remember the name and then this listener, like, providing with, like, doing half our job for us. Okay, so what I'm going to tell you about is this very fascinating topic called the cedars. Spell it. (laughs) Cedar, as in, like, the tree, as in, like, C-E-D-A... C-E-D-A-R-S, yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I got lost halfway through that word. I don't know why you did either, but okay, but it's not like planting seeds and it's not like a Jewish no. cedar or sidar. How do you say that seder. word? That that's is a, a goat man. No, that's a satyr. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay. No, it's as in like, instead of calling this... A more descriptive name. Uh-huh. They were just like, oh, it's lovely. Like, you're going to, you know, Malibu Springs ah, or something. Okay, you're the Cedars. Lovely. Welcome to the Larches. Welcome to Twelve Oaks. Like, yes. that kind of vibe. I see. So, the, the Cedars is this very interesting moment in the history of people regulating women's bodies. Ah, Yay. So if this is going to stress you out, everybody, like, it's so real and it's so interesting and important, but, like, uh, you're going to want to slap so many people. Yeah. Just so many people. (laughs) So in Troutdale, which is in Multnomah County, not far outside Portland, they had a poor farm. So poor farm being Mm. where if people can't support themselves, we used to not just leave them to die on the streets. We used to have a different, equally shitty way of handling it, (laughs) which was basically incarcerate them for being poor uh, with the expectation that, like, in exchange for having room and board, you would work on the farm. Like, literally a farm, or in some cases, more like people who are incarcerated have to do today, where it's like, you know, make uniforms, make furniture, do whatever. Yeah. But after they had the poor farm, and we were headed into World War One. Okay. And Oregon became very concerned about a very specific issue that a lot of people in World War I were concerned about, namely venereal disease. Oh! Yeah. So also known as, you know, sexually transmitted diseases or sexually transmitted infections mm-hmm. from context. And having looked a little bit into this, mostly 
what they were stressing out about was syphilis and gonorrhea. Okay. So not some of the same stuff that we would think about today is, is on their radar. Like, I don't even think HPV is on their radar. Obviously, yeah. HIV isn't really on the scene yet. But syphilis and gonorrhea are two things that have, like, very visible, detectable symptoms when people are in the late stages. And they've got zero treatments for them at this point. Oh, dear. So if the Cedars had just been, like, a public health push, that would have been like, hey, way to go, Oregon. But what the Cedars was, was whenever Oregon busted a woman for doing something socially disruptive. So what they called these were social diseases, which is such a strange euphemism. If they busted a woman, let's say, like, if they found her having sex with somebody, or she was wandering around the street being female and unaccompanied, or whatever, and they had reason to think that she was fast, as they say, uh, or sporting, or any of a million other euphemisms for sexually active outside heterosexual marriage. I'm sorry, I can can hear the smile in your voice, and it's your your angry, fed-up smile where you're just like, I'm about to get you. Yeah. I just, please continue. Yeah, whenever I'm doing that voice, like my my, (laughs) index finger and my thumb are like pinched together like I'm trying to crush somebody's head. Yes, I can Uh, tell. Oh, makes me happy. Pinch you. Pinch you. So whenever they would catch somebody like that, they would then have a doctor examine them. And if they found them to have one of these social diseases... They would send them to the Cedars. Mm. So they weren't going to jail because of the crime. They were going to a special lock-up hospital for having a health issue. For real? For real. The fuck? Because, because... They were very concerned, the the officials of the time in Oregon and across the country, of what social diseases were doing to our fighting force, our oh, young men. Dear. Right? Have you ever seen those fantastic, like, you know, there's this lady, you know, mm-hmm. sort of with her her eyes are half closed yeah. and she's got the, the Marcel wave and it's like just another claptrap. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Uh, uh-huh. This is the same era before the like not that you know, like loose lips sink ships but it would be it would be you know a man falling for a woman a gi yeah. you know oh dear dangerous curves yeah exactly yes this was a big public health issue in as much as it was something that the army was very sick of dealing with because they didn't really have good treatments but just sort of Handling people who were who were dealing with active outbreaks of this stuff would take a lot of resources and money. And when this is something that you're struggling with, you know, late stage syphilis or active gonorrhea, you're not feeling your best. No. You're not ready to go, like, no, <laughs> fight for your country and no. die for your country in a horrible, muddy trench, as they no. were hoping you'd be willing to do. Exactly. Like, so, I'm too busy scratching my herp to load mm-hmm. my gun. Fuck all y'all yeah. for a minute. And then the Kaiser wins. And then the Kaiser wins, Liz. Yeah. So the Cedars, as I've described it, was it where they put everyone who had these diseases? No. It was where they put women who had these diseases. And not because they had, like, another one someplace else for men. No. Just because they thought about it and they went, yeah, okay, 
disorderly women, as they called them. Oh, my God. They actually had started this, like, back in 1913. So the U.S. gets into World War I in 1917. Okay. And they were already thinking about what they called social hygiene. Mm. So they're thinking a lot about, you know, just like we all think that we're at the end of the story, right? We all think we're, yeah. like, the pinnacle of civilization. Yeah. And they they thought, okay, we have to deal with these social issues. And one of the social issues we want to deal with in addition to drugs, which overlapped with this problem a lot. Oh, really? They wanted to control women's sexuality. Yeah. And so social hygiene at its extreme included, like, sterilization and that kind of eugenic stuff. But, you know, this is the time at which eugenics and the idea of, you know, having only the fittest people procreate is getting very popular and is about to go horribly wrong in, like, 17 different places at once, including Germany. Mm -hmm. And the U.S. is like, we are going to find a place to put sex workers. And we're going to find a place to put women who have this disease. So over the years, up to 500 women were interned at the Cedars. No fucking way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they could only hold about 60 at a time from what I was reading. Oh, my gosh. So what they would do is if they caught you, you were supposed to be there for a year. A year. A full year. It's like you're not getting better. They don't really have treatments. They had this one thing. I can't remember what the hell the treatment was. It's some drug (laughs) that I'm not going to learn. Yeah, not a a fucking helpful thing. Right. But something that you did have to get injected a lot. So basically, you would hang out there for a year. And then they would set you up in like a home. And the... The ways that they recruit for these homes, the articles are so like, oh, these poor girls just need a mother's touch and they're just, you know, they need the support. And the idea is these women are going to go out from this unlawful incarceration and basically be indentured servants. And they'll be on like parole. And so you can take these fallen women and, you know, maybe they've, they, they like to emphasize some of them have only like really had a problem one time. And okay. it's like, okay, first of all, what's your point? Right. Secondly, like, right. Uh, I don't know that it necessarily should work that way. That you're like, well, this one only got a little ruined. Yeah, so right? it's like, have a woman from the ding and dent bin. Like, she's yeah. clearanced. Yeah. She'll clean your house for you. Yeah. Because, of course, when you see it from the opposite side of, like, a young woman or maybe, you know, someone who's a little bit older in the in the teens, thinking about, hmm, should I have a sexually active teenager come live in my house? Uh-huh. Does that sound like a fun party? Uh-huh. Like, it, it was almost like this foster system okay. in that they, they talked about them like they were young. Because some of them were teenagers. Okay. But they also... Basically, they were like, let's reparent them into not being hoes. And you're like, A of all, having sex doesn't mean they somehow fucked up somewhere along the line. And B of all, I don't think being an underpaid maid is really going to convince them that your lifestyle is now the be-all, end-all yeah. of what they should be aspiring yeah. to. Like, ooh, someday I can be a housewife yeah. and exhaust myself and have my own sexually active teenager come live with me. Hooray! <laughs> the circle Hooray! of life! Yeah. Like, fuck y'all. I'm gonna make my 50 bucks in an hour on my back. 
Right. So the spectrum of girls that they had at the Cedars were all the way from like, I feel like saying legitimate sex workers makes it sound like they like went to school for it or something or like <laughs> uh, went, took an extension course or, or got a license. The Glendow of sex work. Yeah. You know. <laughs> they went through all the trainings and they took the state test. But, you know, I've always struggled with that as a as a definition, because I think for any time in history, when you look and you say, you know, these women are sex workers, mm-hmm. there's probably at least as many, again, women who have a job that isn't that, but if the price was right or yeah. the rent was late, yeah. would do a little something something. Yeah. So I think it's a unnecessarily strict category sometimes, but it was all the way from, let's say, full-time sex workers. Okay. To uh, someone that they just suspected of it. Yeah. A lot of them were young wives who weren't being compliant and were suspected of cheating or had kind of left their husbands. So one of the things they start talking about, oh, what these girls need is, you know, shorter engagements and longer marriages and they need training and how to be a good wife and then oh. they wouldn't leave their husband. Because wow. again, it's kind of like we were talking about with your whole Lida thing, the idea that like this weird concept of like if you somehow introduce a woman to sex but then don't keep her under control by maintaining a marriage with her, yeah. she's just like flying all over the place like like a balloon that you're letting the air out of. Like, oh, yeah. you ruined it. You've totally ruined yeah. it. She's one of those those maple helicopters that just yeah. legs of Kimbo <laughs> going down, sucking up every dick she encounters, sticking to all the venereal diseases. Weakening our troops. Weakening our troops. I will tell you that a better home ec class in high school would not have a spurred me to enjoy being a housewife more or b induced me to keep my legs shut tighter. <laughs> that's that's not what was going to work for me. So it sounds right. like forcing that on women is also probably not going to work. Yeah, I don't follow that. Yeah. I may have misspoken when I said they had to stay for a year, but I think that's the case. At minimum, right. as of 1919, they had probation for a year. Okay. So they couldn't travel. They couldn't change their jobs. <laughs> they had a curfew. And they couldn't hang out with people that their parole officer didn't approve. Oh, my so God. So basically, they're treating these women like, I don't even know what to compare it to. <laughs> like, like, they've committed some incredible crime. Right. Right. Oh, here's what the drug was. Neosalversan. Yeah, see, I was right. I couldn't pronounce it. Nope. They didn't have penicillin, that's for damn sure. (laughs) If you wanted to get out of the Cedars before they decided you were ready to go, you could post a $1,000 bond and convince a judge that you were respectable, which meant you had to have, like, character witnesses speak uh, to the fact that you weren't a prostitute or whatever. How else are these you- girls getting a thousand fucking dollars? I know! Well, as we know, if something is illegal and punished by a fine, that means it's legal for rich people. Yeah. So this was a, a very efficient way to make sure that working-class women and women of color were more likely to be put into the cedars, totally. right? Because they're going to have a harder time finding more people that the judge likes and rounding up $1,000 in 1917. Totally. So, I mean, we know what Lida went through to get $7,000 oh, around that time. Yep. 
Yup. One of the things that makes all of this, like, it wouldn't be just even if they were really sick, Mm -hmm. but the way that they tested for syphilis back then was something called the Wasserman test or the Wasserman reaction. Okay. And you would take blood or cerebrospinal fluid. And I know, I'm not happy about that. And then you would test it and it makes this reaction. And that tells you kind of how severe it is. The problem is the reaction will also happen if you have lupus or malaria or fucking tuberculosis. Oh, my God. So, like incredibly common things especially yeah. in the in the case of tuberculosis yeah it, so there's a lot of people who were getting false positives and were getting incarcerated anyway and then they'd be like can i please get another test like yeah no no you may not you may not have another no. one no no that costs uh, money and you're poor we've already established yeah. this yeah exactly it's just the newspaper articles that cat so kindly sent me yes cover a couple different areas so one is sort of the the fluff piece story of let's look at how good these people are who help these poor fallen girls yeah and they're here to help them so one of them is a woman who they called sunshine annie Mm, and i'm like didn't do you not just get the vibe that she was probably the most horrible creature oh yeah she was the worst she was absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah if you're a nice person, nobody has to call you sunshine. Yeah, that's a it, it's potentially very creepy. Yeah. This one long article that I have talks about her work with the girls at the Cedars and is so infantilizing. Mm-hmm. She is mother to a whole string of erring children and big sister to a lot of misguided women. This blames it on the divorce courts because uh-huh. basically their logic is if people didn't get divorced as much and weren't allowed to get divorced as much, then more of these girls would grow up with mothers in the house and then they wouldn't want to have sex. Oh. You know. As, oh, that logic follows. Sure, definitely. Totally. Yeah. And it's just so, I, oh my God. One of the things that it likes <laughs> to emphasize in this article is that there's like a place in the attic of the cedars, which they describe as laden with fragile high heeled shoes, all sadly worn, which attests to the common sense that has provided comfortable shoes for the girls who came to the home. In the same what? room are hung the shoddy, soiled dresses, remnants of a sometimes sensational pattern that were discarded for modest, sturdy uniforms. So uh. basically, what Annie. No, what a different person is saying is the type of girl that comes to the Cedars spends what little money she has for garments to ornament rather than to clothe her. Her shoes are for show, not for service. Oh, so she's a teenager? Yeah, so she's a teenager? Right. Yeah. Right. And she likes to have a pretty body. Right. How dare she? The harlot. (sighs) (laughs) Because she dressed as every woman in professional America is now expected to dress. I'm looking at you, high heels. The the concept of like, oh, these silly girls. And they go buy pretty things. And and that's why they're ridiculous. It's like, well, (laughs) screw you. Let let me blow your mind. In 80 years, there's going to be a store called Forever 21. (laughs) Women are going to be buying high heels and cheap shiny pretty dresses for a pittance at all times right it's a just such a aggressive like 
way of being like, these women have bodies that can have adult sex, but their brains are like children. So right. let's just teach them how to like go outside wearing warm clothes. And let me try to figure out what the hell they're actually wearing. I, f- I had it sure. someplace in here. It's hideous. I do remember that. Oh, dear. Is it one of those awful, you know, just like that that baby shit brown smock shapeless dress with your thick wool tights and your dowdy clunky shoes? I think you're on the right track. There's at least right. one era where there's brown in them. They go through an era where they've got black and white stripes, which kills Ooh. me given that, like... The whole idea was they're like, no, this isn't prison. Like, there's just a really, really tall fence and you can't get out. And it's like, no, black and white striped uniforms. Oh, okay. Right. The uniform of the home as of 1919 is a brown coverall apron with blue and white striped skirts. No. Some Handmaid's Tale shit is happening up in here. Some super Handmaid's Tale shit is happening. One of the intersectional things that I will highlight is that... A lot of this also reflects some of the stuff that we talked about in Shanghai Tunnels, in that there are girls, this very, very first article that I pull up of the ones that she sent me, um, okay, 1912, after an exciting chase through the downtown section today, Harry Kelly, with a... K-E-L-L-E-Y. Kelly and Jack Doyle were arrested on a charge of forcing Etta Shields and Ruby Booth, young girls, to lead a life of shame among the Chinese. Isn't that like a... You have the context to understand what they're saying there, which is to say, like, they are exchanging sex for opium. Yeah. But what the crap? Yeah. Like, they're just like, life of shame among the Chinese. Huh? So this is constantly (laughs) what they're doing is they're busting into places and they arrest the guy and they punt the poor girl to the cedars. It's like, okay, yeah, some of these are clearly like trafficked girls. She was trafficked. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these are girls who just like having a good time. Like, (laughs) oh, here we go. Four men and two women were arrested last night at 552 East 36th Street by patrolman Nelson and Traver of the War Emergency Squad. Like, what what oh. what war emergency is happening in there? <laughs> the, the women were charged with maintaining a nuisance, and the men with vagrancy. Three pints of whiskey and an opium smoking outfit were confiscated. I, Ugh. from context, I think opium smoking outfit means like a pipe and so forth. Yeah. But I like the idea that they had a special suit. I think that's <laughs> better, isn't it? It's very cute. My dad I get put to- on the outfit. Yeah, and it's like a Snuggie, because you're just going to sleep, you know? You're opiumed up. Yup. Oh, my God. So, don't worry. You'll hear more about Ruby Booth, um, because Ruby is one of the many, 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 many women who escaped from the (laughs) Cedars. Good job, Ruby. They were busting up there constantly, because they were trying to maintain that vibe of, it's not really jail, jail. Like, you can get out and walk around. Like, what the girls did say consistently is, like, it's incredibly boring. We're not doing anything, and the food is not there. Like, we're we're starving. Uh, I bet. (laughs) It sucks. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, ugh. I can't imagine what they got to do. Like, just have the Bible read to them, maybe? Or... Like, are they actually teaching them stuff? Probably not. 
So couldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Booth had a uh, pretty good approach here, which is she got sentenced to the Cedars for treatment. It's like, okay, no, Mm. you either offer people treatment or you sentence them to prison. You don't sentence people to treatment. And she said, oh, can I go home to get some more clothes? And the police (laughs) officer was like, okay. So she got, went in through the front door of a house and then went out through the back door. (laughs) Good job. They were like, oh, shit. Good job. (laughs) Some of the girls dug their way out with a shovel. Like they found a shovel. And we're like, and we're gone. (laughs) Proud of them. My goodness. Mm -hmm. So that's what you're doing is you're, you're. Yeah, you know that these girls are criminals, but you're, <laughs> I mean, it's like summer camp or jail or whatever. Like, you're just going to learn better ways to do bad habits. Right? Or I imagine hooking up with each other to some extent, right? Like, how do you not, you yeah, know? That's what I'd be doing. Hey, right? Mm, yes, please. That sounds great. It's to- like, right, yeah, dude, you send me to gay conversion camp, you just, you locked me up with a whole bunch of other people who like the same things I like. Yeah, it's a serious, like, but I'm a cheerleader situation, totally I imagine. what I'm imagining. Yes. yes. And at least one person. So there's a academic researcher whose name is Kimberly Jensen, and she works at... Oh, Western Oregon University. And she's done most of the research on this that was around. And she right. points out, so we've got, like, the the rosters of who was there. And okay. she says at least one time someone was arrested in 1918 who was called Mrs. Higgins, better known as Buster Taylor. So... She's trying to find out more about Buster, because what if Buster was a trans man? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and so they incarcerated Buster with the women because they don't understand, like, the world and and what's going around. Mm -hmm. But, like, what an interesting Mm -hmm. person Buster might be. Like, I want to know more about that. But it was definitely a place for, like, gender nonconforming girls and girls who like to have sex. And some of the other ways that people got out. This is my favorite. Like, this is the movie I'm going to make. Is is just, like, this great escape thing. Part of the problem is you're wearing these really recognizable clothes. So sometimes they would steal clothes, steal coats and stuff. Some of them dug out under the fence. Some of them just walked out. Like, they would just wait (laughs) until people were like, you're trustworthy. You're good. And they're like, and we're done. And see ya. I love it. I'm intrigued, too. I've got this one from 1920, where Marjorie Radcliffe and Hilda Tomberg, two 18-year-old girls, that's another thing that makes me kind of go, hmm, is that they Mm -hmm. they like to escape in pairs, Uh uh, which is great. I bet they do. So they escape, and then it says, Joe Fong, a Chinaman, who escaped from Uh. the Cedars Thursday, was arrested at 5th and Everett Streets last night. And you're like, what was he doing there? Why was he there? I thought this was just for girls. Joe. What's going on? Joe Fong, tell us more. What the hell happened? Tell us more indeed. Yeah. All right. Oh, 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 okay. Never mind if I had just, like, followed up. So Lee Hing, a Chinese prisoner who was taken to the Cedars Friday to help construct a fence, also escaped. So that's what it is, is Joe and Lee oh. are prisoners who are being used to build a better fence. <laughs> and oh presumably God. that therefore means there isn't a fence yet. And Lee and Joe yes. are no fools. And they're like, and we're out. <laughs> <laughs> and we're out. And then all these, I mean, 
That's amazing. Here, prisoners, build the thing that will incarcerate you. Yeah, totally. I'm not going to leave an opening here. I will make sure that this wall is not weak over in this corner. Yeah. I promise I will, on the other side of the wall I'm building, not just walk (laughs) away. And goodbye. Trust me. Mm -hmm. I just love thinking all these people as they leave are just doing the... (laughs) Yes. Hands in the pockets. Just strolling casually. Yep. Oh, my God. And gone. Some of these girls, the names are great, too. So we have Iola Berry, Florence Baker, and Virginia Hilliard escaped from the Cedars in 1920. And they get caught while wearing some coats that they actually stole from somebody's house because they're trying Mm -hmm. to... <laughs> look natural and look normal. Yeah. Blend in. Oh, yeah. Act casual, act casual. I like to think that you and I would have found each other in a place like this in a past life and would have busted out together. Yeah, we would. We yeah, would've we would have. Made a shovel. And yeah. yeah, I've got a receipt here that's for 20,000 feet of barbed wire. Oh, my God. Like, calm down. They just got the clap. Like They just got, yeah, right? Right? You ain't gonna walk far when you got your crotch crickets acting up. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need a whole bunch of barbed wire. Just put it two miles out of town. I'm not gonna walk that far. Yeah, like, just let them leave if they want to leave and give them treatment if they want treatment, for fuck's sake. Well, I mean, yeah, sure, that's the better one. (laughs) But yeah, also, just like, that's a lot of barbed wire for something that's not supposed to be a prison uh-huh uh, yes here we go institution not like prison there's nurses <laughs> and it's not operated as a prison oh. in any respect there's a farm more than four thousand oh. quarts of fruit and vegetables canned by the girls of the cedars will be used during the coming winter oh okay cool oh yeah not like a prison at all because there i think they just bring in the food mm-hmm. you don't have to can it yourself <laughs> Oh, my God. I wish I could find it. At least one girl escaped dressed as a boy, which I... That's... That's the movie I want. Add a girl. Oh, here yep. we go. Oh, it was Marjorie. In 1921. Well, Marjorie. God, Marjorie, you can't keep her down. Well. <laughs> so about 2.30 o'clock, which is a very strange way to express that news. Very bizarre. About 2.30 o'clock yesterday afternoon, she slipped over the barbed wire fence at the back of the institution and made her way cross country to the baseline road. In her khaki overalls, <laughs> boy's cap pulled tightly over her eyes and an old coat buttoned about her. She made her way safely to a telephone and called up friends in the city. They refused her plea to come to her aid, however. <gasps> Oh, screw you guys. Yeah, you're not real friends, you fucks. And a listening telephone girl at Gresham evidently picked up her message. Oh, you're peaching. No. Oh, you're peaching is right, Gresham girl. Get the fuck. It's a private fucking conversation, you busybody. Yeah, snitches get stitches. All right. By the time she reached Gresham, a passing jitney had picked her up, but a motorcycle policeman stopped them on the street. At that time, Patrolman Simpkins of the East Side Station arrived with orders to take her back to the Cedars. She balked at this, but accompanied him willingly to the police station. She probably will be taken back this morning. Poor Marjorie. But it's not a prison. It's not not a prison. prison, It's just a place with barbed wire that you're not allowed to leave, that the police take you to. What's hard to understand about that? Well, here's what the fuck it's not a prison about. Uh, there's no trial. So. Yo, solid, due process? What's that? Yeah. A solid nine different women 
resisted by petitioning for a writ of habeas corpus, including an African-American woman named Ruth Brown, who got arrested. And she was one of the ones who was like, hi, I'm being held here. I'm not allowed to communicate and they won't retest me. Ugh. Ruth even says she was given a pretended wall sermon test. So she's saying like they didn't even actually do the test. They just decided that she had syphilis and faked it, which is terrifying to an additional degree. Yeah, she actually petitioned and said like, look, I haven't broken any laws. Like, right. and the laws that most of these girls had broken about, you know, maintaining a nuisance or whatever are not mm-hmm. a year of parole plus incarceration. Right. right. Tasks. Yeah. And there's no trial in the first damn place. So she eventually got, like, her bond together and got out. And what I like is that she petitions before the judge, the circuit court judge, says, this is a huge double standard. Because when you suspect women have disease, you can find them, but you don't do that to the men? That doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, thank you, judge. Yeah, Where the hell girl. have you been? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, so, no good girl. Good job, judge. Thank you. Good job, judge. Yeah. So here's some more quotes from Judge Gatons, who I don't know why they never give this person a first name. His name is Judge. Yeah, his name. <laughs> <laughs> There's an Arrested Development throwback for oh you. Oh, God. We have a surprising number of those. I don't even think it's like our favorite show, but for some reason, it has everything. Everything. What seems to have cracked this open is that it was supposed to go before a different judge who normally would see this, but the attorneys didn't know he was in the courthouse and or did know, but knew they were just going to get the same old, same old, so took them to Judge Gatons instead, who nice. says... So this judge says, I'm opposed to the whole system, and I don't care who knows it. I have no doubt but that the Cedars is conducted in a perfectly proper manner, and I think it probably does considerable good, but I cannot see the justice of the double standard it supports. Ah! Oh. Just why a woman who has been arrested for vagrancy or some minor offense should be compelled to submit to a blood test and then be isolated at the Cedars if she's known to have a disease, and men arrested for similar offenses are not examined has never been clear to me. It's an infernal outrage against womanhood that such should be permitted. I have no objection to the Cedars for women if the city would be fair and establish the pines for men. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Go for it, Judge. <laughs> yeah, Do I mean, it. let's not Get lock up anybody him. for being sick, but thank you for calling out the hypocrisy of this. Yeah, right, right. You're doing, you're not going, <laughs> it feels very specific in that you know you're not going to get people to buy into mm-hmm. the fact that women can have sex and therefore venereal diseases and that should be fine or a thing that we treat differently. You're just saying, well, if you want this for women, you have to also want it for men. If you want it for the reasons you're saying you want it. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, it's calling out the actual hypocrisy as opposed to the the skin crawling horror of what's really happening. Exactly. I think it's sort of that, like, let's take this to an absurd degree, and then you can maybe realize that it's absurd as things stand. Unfortunately, that judge gets taken off the case, and the original guy Ah. gets back and sends her back to the Cedars. Sends Ruth back. Uh, Yeah. (sighs) So... Of course. Because there's no justice. Yeah, there's no damn justice. And it's just... It's very frustrating to me. I mean, presumably she got out eventually because the Cedars gets closed down. Okay. But I'm like, she got out and she had a legal case and they still were like, no, it's more important 
that we prove that we have the right to to punish you and confine you yeah. than it is to freaking just acknowledge that this is a weird situation. So yeah. they actually start creating a prison inside the cedars, no. which they call a cooler. You know, place to cool down for to when cool. you're being a little too rowdy. Cause no, wait, they make a hole. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Basically, the shoe. they're like, yeah, we're going to have the shoe. We're going to have solitary confinement because by 1921, they they say it's just a few of them that are a problem. It's like, yeah, it's just a, a few of them who have enough liveliness after your crappy uh-huh. rations to yeah. <laughs> grab the shovel they find on that rare occasion. Yeah. So apparently they tried to put them in a room of the building that they already had, but they just wrecked it. <laughs> they just <laughs> fucked it up and i'm like good. good you don't know that room anything you don't know anybody no. anyone anything <laughs> no yes yeah, so who who's who writes this who comes up with this plan and goes yes we're nailing it as a result of the escape of six <laughs> girls from the cedars friday night following several previous escapes from that institution city commissioner man this morning announced that he proposed to have erected at the cedars a concrete structure that will house a half dozen or more girls and that hereafter when girls make their escape and are recaptured they will be confined to this building while being detained to undergo treatment Dude, you just made a jail inside the thing that isn't supposed to be a jail. You either already have jail where you can put mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. or not. Like, stop. What? What is this supposed to be? This is getting really ridiculous. <sighs> it's, it's this whole, like, are you, <laughs> have the courage of your conviction and call it what it really fucking is. Yeah, yeah. Stop pretending that you're being incredibly helpful here. That, like, these women are, like, running away and taking these huge risks and they're coming out and they're, like, scary skinny and, you know, under bad conditions. And so people start to push back at the Cedars and they're like, let us come in here. Let us look at this. Let us see what's going on in here and what you're actually doing. Uh, Because... They start to imply, shockingly, that uh-huh. they might not be treated the best in there. And oh, also you don't think? that sometimes when you take a young woman and give her to somebody mm-hmm. and say, hey, here's this fallen woman who's going to work for you for cheap, sometimes they become abused. Sometimes no. the people who are willing to take in somebody are not. The kindest people, especially when it's somebody who they know is vulnerable, broken down, and functionally owned by the government. Like, shocking that that situation ever could work out poorly. It's almost like that person is an adult and should be able to make their own choices as to where they fucking go in their life. Liz, I feel like you're telling me that vulnerable populations are easy to take advantage of. Yeah. And that some folks will do that, and maybe we should regulate that a little bit more? Yeah. Oh, actually, if, if anything, <laughs> maybe, I'm like, maybe the government should have less to do with this. Maybe, the, yeah. This right. turned me into a fucking um, libertarian. <laughs> yes, girl. Yep. Wait, you guys are making it worse, government. Yeah, you are just this is one of those making it worse. Is, you're making it worse. Don't do that. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's getting really bad because by 1922, there are 80 girls there. This place was built for 40. Shit. They have twice as many girls in there. So, like, the place sucked already. Right. And this is just 
a, a bad place. Like the, the basically shit starts to fall apart where they're yeah. not doing like the charming stories of Sunshine Annie or whatever and what this yeah, great yeah. place is and rescuing these girls. They're starting yeah. to talk about like all the other components of what's happening. And yeah. then this I didn't entirely parse, but something goes wrong financially where the, like the Cedars didn't pay the city or like the city didn't pay the state or like some component of the complicated financial relationship between like county and city government yeah. falls apart and so then the city is like well fuck if you're not even going to like work this out financially what are we even doing here? yeah this right. is a ridiculous thing. It's a legal nightmare. It's a health nightmare. It's a moral yeah. nightmare. It's going completely yeah. off the rails. Like, yeah. we're just cramming more and more women into this place, and uh, the war's over. And you're not paying rent. Yeah. Which is kind of what we cared about to begin with. Yeah. Women in Oregon had been able to vote, white women, I should say, since 1912. 1912. Yeah. And yet... They're doing this to them. So a lot of community members start fighting against this. So okay. both white and black club women, because, you know, there used to be much more of the, like, social clubs for women, yeah. started to organize and push against this, as did okay. people from the Portland Free Dispensary, which sounds interesting, where the Portland yeah. Court of Domestic Relationships and various activists and social workers and probation right officers started to go, like, I do not want to send people here. This is a very yeah. bad place. And then in 1921, women get the right to serve on juries in Oregon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So women and supportive allies who are members of grand juries are given this fantastic opportunity because grand juries in Multnomah County inspect city and county institutions. Oh. So as soon as you actually get women in a position to inspect this thing that's in charge of women, they go, yeah. this place is a garbage place and we can't <laughs> have it anymore. It has to go away. This is a trash building with trash services. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah, and yet you're trying to throw these girls in it because you think they're trash. And in fact, no, they are fine. Yeah. You are the problem. We're getting yeah. them out of here. So awesome. they're they're under attack from multiple fronts. Like there's a financial component of the conflict yeah. about like, should our tax dollars really be going to this? Like the war's over. And right. uh, we don't really seem to be addressing this whole social disease thing. We just seem to be locking 80 women away for no compelling reason. Yeah, totally. The public in general is against it. The women themselves are against it and are fighting in all these ways. You know, they're, they're making the papers by escaping, they're filing legal challenges, and then women both on the grand juries and within the system that would refer to the Cedars are also pushing back. And so Good. by 1923, it loses its state and federal funding. Thank God. Yeah! And closes. Okay. And oh, so the okay. Portland Free Dispensary is ready where they've got evening clinics and support services for these women. So instead oh of being like, stop, go to jail until you somehow don't have syphilis anymore. Yeah, uh, I guess. Like, then, then she's actually like, would you like some medical treatment and some right. social services? Would that be helpful for yeah. you? Cool. Would that yeah. be good? Like some of them, you know, went on to have difficult lives because this was a of very course. disruptive experience. And some of them were pretty from pretty lightly supervised and troubled backgrounds in yeah. the first place. So, you know, just because 
you know, just because they're not at the Cedars anymore doesn't mean that all their problems are over. And I think it was, at the time, probably easier to think of, like, a respectable wife. But, you know, some of these girls were sporty. Some of them were opium (laughs) addicts. Some of them were doing all this stuff. But the point is, they weren't doing it less or you know, separate from their problems just because they were <laughs> behind barbed right. wire. Right, right. Well, and it sounds to me like, okay, so it's if we're going to talk about sex workers, it's mm-hmm. the oldest, oldest profession mm-hmm. on earth, right? Whatever. And what we're finding today is that if it's going to continue to happen, what you need to do is make it safer for all yeah. parties involved. Yeah. So locking away a bunch of women, some of whom may want to continue to do sex work, Mm -hmm. putting them away and not helping them do the work that they're going to do safer once they get out doesn't help anybody, doesn't fix anything. And it sounds more like this dispensary where you said, like, we're going to provide services. We can make sure that you're going to do what you do safer, whether that is be a homemaker Mm -hmm. or whether that is be a secretary, a nurse or a prostitute. Like let's get you some medical treatment. Let's get you some health services. Let's hook you up with, I don't know, safer housing, better Mm -hmm. housing. Let's treat a health problem like a health problem and not a criminal justice problem. Yeah. There you go. I don't really know where I'm going with that other than it sounds like this is a much more proactive and helpful way to treat a broad range of women who have a broad range of reasons for having done what they have done. How terrifying that must have been and how distressing because it's not just that you're locked up and you've had, you know, you basically imagine that you're like having a good time with your boyfriend and your, your, your friend and her boyfriend are over in the next room. Then you all get busted in on and arrested and there's whiskey around. So they charge you and then they ship you off to this thing and basically pin the scarlet letter on you because you've got to carry a card after you get out and you can't cross state lines. Basically they're, they're treating you like you're irradiated or something. And it's like, she did, she, she's not typhoid Mary. Like, yeah, totally. She, you were a horny teenager and you yeah. didn't use a condom or the condom yeah. didn't prevent a VD. Yeah. It's like it again, where's the pines? Where's the one for the boys? The, like, yeah, totally. Ugh, it's ridiculous. So here's here's what happens to the Cedars building because okay. it was quite a nice big building. So it it stays unoccupied for a couple of years and then it becomes a boys military academy for a while. <laughs> which is a bit of a con- uh, contrast, which is hilarious. Yeah. To be like, oh, no, keep those diseased women away from the boys. Oh, here they are. Oh, here Uh, they are. Yeah. Here, come back, military boys. So it closes, and then it gets dismantled, and the timber gets put back together into a different building on the edge of the poor farm campus. So (laughs) it originally was for the staff doctors and nurses at the poor farm to live in, and then later the farm manager's families. Then they left it open for a while, and then it was for a, like, a residential program for teenagers struggling with homelessness and drug abuse. And I'm like, hmm, I could go both ways on that one. If it was actually, like, beneficial and kind, then good. If not, it may just be more of the whole, like, well... What you need is not to be incarcerated, but that's what we have to offer. So here you go. Yeah. Do you want to know what it is now? Oh, God. Do I get to guess? Is it something yep. terribly ironic? Is it wonderfully ironic, Liz? Or is it... It's a spa. 
<laughs> Full relaxing so, so, times. You know McMenamins <laughs> that like buys up yeah. all the, the the places around the like, luxury. Yeah. yeah. McMenamins owns it. If I recall correctly, they turned like some of the poor farm buildings into the hotel. Oh man. Then the building made of the pieces of the cedars became the spa. Wow. Yep. So Wow. You got Inya and whale songs <laughs> blasting while rich white ladies get rubbed down. Man. Uh, yeah. That building has seen some shit. Seriously. The energy in that wood would just be weird, dude, wouldn't it? You yeah. know? I don't really I don't really know I would find it easy to relax there unless you were like I, reincarnated and you're like, yes, I, I hated this place last time, but now I'm a fan. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, can, yeah, maybe I could be less pessimistic and be like, now it's a place of healing and tranquility. Like mm-hmm. this poor building had a really fucking rough start. People were trying to get out of it. And now people pay a whole lot of money to go in willingly and like reset their chi. Maybe I should be thinking of it that way. Yeah. I I feel like it's a very Portland story that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then McMenamins bought it. And yeah. yes. Ugh. And capitalism. There were other places that were inspired by the Cedars to do a similar thing, but they all met pretty similar fates. Oh, God. What about the Cedars was inspiring? Oh, Holy well, shit. it's getting these, you know, girls with social diseases off the street and then helping them, you know, get jobs and get on the straight and narrow and, and get into good homes and stuff. Holy shit, that's not what the actuality was. Yeah, exactly. I just like thinking of Cedars as this place that's overrun with Rizzos. Yeah, You know, there's a bunch of Rizzos from Greece just fucking lighting fires and digging out and hopping trains and i'm i'm not gonna deal with the really sad reality of what happened there liz in my head it's like it's like the three stooges of sexually active women just running around and busting out cartoon style yeah it's like you could adapt this story either into a sort of horrific like Uh, basically just functionally a horror story or you could do it in this very light like hogan's heroes kind of thing (laughs) right yeah right (laughs) i love the picture of a bunch of rizzos Mm -hmm. that's my favorite a herd of rizzos to yakety sacks so if you were going to redo the cedars what would you turn it into (laughs) i mean i think it needs to be like a (laughs) Like a like a, a crash course in adulthood slash sleep away camp where, oh. you know, you get a bunch of kids or young women or adult women or whomever you're serving, whatever population we're redoing this for. But like you have a camp and it's a thing like, OK, so you were doing a thing that kind of sucked. Either it was Ill- illegal because prostitution was illegal or it was not fun for you because you came away from a sexual encounter, but with a disease that kind of fucking hurts and we don't really know how to treat. But here you go. We'll we'll have this place where it's a, like I said, it's like a sleepaway camp, but we teach you how to do adult things in the world because we've yeah. clearly taken you out of, some of you, we've taken you out of high school. So let's teach you skills to be mm-hmm. 
to be utilized in the real world, or we've taken you out of a scary, perhaps disempowering situation where you were a prostitute with a pimp, and maybe you don't know how to live on your own. And also, here's like, don't be a fool, wrap your tool. Here's our 1910s advice on having safe sex. Yeah, I think they should also learn martial arts and maybe, like, be automobile mechanics. You're doing, like, a Kill Bill slash Rosie the Riveter slash Grease slash the best home ec. Like, what's that? Stand and deliver. You know? Yeah. I was actually asking initially what you would do with the building in in the present day, but I like your answer also. Oh, what would I do with the building? Uh Uh-uh. I don't. I don't feel like I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm just being pessimistic right now because I feel like the building in which I work at just needs more sage and palisanto than we're allowed to do in a historic building. But this one I'm just like, oh no, salt the earth. Like let the mm-hmm. let the woods reclaim it for a bit. Nature's going to take care of that energy. What would you do with that building? Give it to an orphanage? Like give it to Sex Club, man. <laughs> oh my god, why didn't I think of that? Reclaim <laughs> that energy. Why didn't I think of that? Oh my I would god, have to, like, yeah. Feel out the you energy. C- I would have to go there right. and actually like sense whether it was reclaimable or not. But oh. I feel like if you could sort of overwrite some of the trauma, that might help. But Totally. And it like you can, you don't have to rename it. It's cedars, the mm-hmm. hardest wood. <laughs> You're so good at this. Done. Why didn't I think yeah. of that? Oh, it's oh, well. What's brilliant. wrong with the building you work in now? Oh my god! So I work in a historic site. It's seen some shit, but also it's just the building itself right now is revolting. It's turning against us, and either we haven't loved it, or it's just being like a cranky, almost three hundred year old toddler, or what. But so many of us keep quitting or finding new jobs, and it's like we've had four floods of varying intensities in Mm. six months all of a sudden the hvac system is on the fritz the cables that use that we use uh that drop down from the ceiling which is you know four stories above you because it's it's like a meeting house church thing um those cables aren't working i got to play around on the catwalks the other day you know like the these iron beams are the only things you can walk on. Everything else is insulation and plaster ceiling and you will fall straight through. Oh, that's scary. It was so much fun. I got to play around in that, but like just all these different little things in the building are breaking and being cranky and fussy. And I feel like the building is mad and I don't know what else to do because I always say hi to it and I pet the pews and I tell it before weddings and I ask it to play nice I don't know what else to do. So we're going to try to, some of us other co-workers who are willing to get weird with it are going to throw the building a party and hope that that placates it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like we're going to have some some co-worker, bro-worker cake and drinks and just be like, what up, building? Get all your, get all your cranky pants out. What can we do to make you less cranky pants? Because we all got to fucking work here and we're tired of the floods and the sound system cutting out, and you, like, eating our cables for yeah. the projector screen. Ooh, okay. 
So it's so, not ghostly. It's just that the building itself has this bad, bad vibe. It's just the building itself has the va- bad vibe. And that's what I feel like <laughs> I about this. I fucked up that word and you somehow you va- fucked it up the same way I as me in a row. It out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. I just mirror your words. I just want to be you so bad. Let me single white female you, Liz. <laughs> Everything you do, I'll do. It just has weird juju, and I worry that the cedars would have the same. So mm-hmm. I would have to, like you said, go feel out the energy, maybe sage it a little bit, maybe talk to it, and then be like, what do you want to be, baby? Do you mm-hmm. want to be a sex club? Do you want me to burn you down? Do you want to be a kinder care? What do you want to yeah. be? Talk to me. Talk to I me. I think goes. that would be a good way to approach it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Do you think if you were locked up someplace, you'd try to get out? Are you like a escape person? I always feel like I, that looks like a lot of effort. It looks like a lot. Of, I am now. Like yeah. in high school, you know how straight and narrow I was and how there's absolutely no way I would have bucked authority. But mm-hmm. now if you put me in some place at 30 years old, 34 years old, Jesus, especially if I had you like a sidekick or I met somebody in there that I could be a sidekick with and I felt like it was really unjust. I would like to think that I was, you know, the offered. Like, mm-hmm. that I was going, uh-uh, no, this is not cool. I'm getting the fuck to Canada. I don't like this. You're not nice. I think, the, yeah, that's why so many of them ran away in pairs is because of that, like, override that you have where, like, if somebody's bugging me, you can tear their throat out. But if they're bugging you, you can't. Like, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. If they're bothering me, whatever, I'll go along to get along. But if they're being mean to you, I'll just be like, no, fuck this. We're getting out of here. You're not going to be mean to my Liz. Mm-hmm. The dynamics must have been so interesting with those girls. Uh, it's got to have been like the the kind of, not necessarily even homoeroticism, but like the intense female friendship of an all-female yeah. boarding school or a yeah. summer camp that could have like a homoerotic subtext, but also could just be like, fuck, dude, in high school, like, I was very ready to prove my love for you. I was very <laughs> ready for people to be mean to you so that I could then be, like, this heroic savior, you know, my ride or die. And I still feel that way. I just don't need to prove it to anybody. Yeah. You know? And, like, at that same kind of age or I could have totally felt that same kind of, like, we're in it together, Thelma mm-hmm. and Louise. We're not run going away back. together. We're not yeah. going back. Yeah, yeah, Beyonce and Gaga kind of getting out of here. Yeah, and I think with all those young women, too, who were like, you know, some of them were like 15, 16, 17 years old, if, I'm surprised the place didn't just like combust with oh all the energy of like unhappy yes. teen girls. Yes. You want to talk about poltergeists? That's how yeah. poltergeists happen. Seriously. So... I would like to thank Kat so much for sending in the story of the Cedars. People can go to Kat Saturn, that's K-A-T-S-A-T-U-R-N, dot com to see some of her art. She is doing a pyrography, I pyrog, I can't say it. Pyrography. Uh, uh, yes, thank you. A show that you, actually boo. this month, October 2018, I don't know when people are listening to this, at yeah. Eula Land in Portland, that's a tribute to Unsolved Mysteries. So I think people <gasps> might be very interested in that. Ooh, very cool. Yeah. I think that is cool. So pyrography is like, looks like it's wood burning. Wood burning or leather burning as far as oh, I know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. your stuff. So Kat, thank you for sending this in and I hope people can get out to see her show. She, yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, okay. 
the cedars. Let's never the go back to something like that. Let's never do that again. No. <sighs> Starvation yeah. Heights. Uh-uh. The cedars. No. Get out never of here. Never trust people who are trying to take you to a second location to fix your problems. <laughs> <laughs> That's my message. Liz, that was the most succinct, beautiful takeaway for any of our episodes. <laughs> it's so true. If your problems can't be solved by that person in a public place, they are only going to make more problems. Yeah. <laughs> also, if your institution is not supposed to be like a jail, and yet you've purchased 20,000 feet of barbed wire, you've lost the plot. You've lost the plot. No one needs that much barbed wire. No, unless you have cattle, I guess. Cows only need regular wire. Okay, Devin's coming out firm against the devil's wire here. (laughs) (laughs) But the barbed wire doesn't do shit other than trap things that don't need to be trapped. It hurts sheep, it hurts cows, it hurts me, it's ruined many of my pairs of pants. Thank you very much. Cows can be confused by lines on the ground. You don't even need grates, you just need lines. Cows are big, dumb hamburger dogs. They don't need barbed wire Devin's pants can't take one more stressor. What were you getting into that you were crawling over? Stop it. No one needs to know. We had friends that had land in Dillon, Montana, and also Tum Tum, Washington, and I had places to be. Yeah. I I assumed you were, like, photographing an abandoned barn. It doesn't matter what I was doing. (laughs) Maybe I was trying to catch frogs. Maybe I wanted to pet the horses. Maybe I was supposed to be someplace my dumb ass shouldn't have been. But the point is, you get caught by your parents when you come back because your pants are all torn up. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <sighs> Barbed wire. No. Barbed wire. We're, we're again it. Now you know. Now you so, know. PSA. PSA. Yeah. <laughs> I love that we have a whole thing about venereal disease and that we end up with a PSA about barbed wire. <laughs> yeah. The real hey. menace. The real menace. We have antibiotics now, Liz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Condoms Everybody. are thinner and better than ever. So barbed wire, that's the next thing to knock off our list. Yeah. Ridiculous. Amazing. Okay. Okay. If folks want to join us for more episodes that will tell you about stuff you may not have known about the Northwest, hmm, what do you think we need next? I think I'm going to try to find some aliens for us or maybe some meteors or some strange stuff like that. Can you do the alien one? Because aliens freak Mm -hmm. me out too much. And every time I try to research them for an episode for you, I see a picture of the greys and I get scared and I can't do any more. Oh no! Okay, yeah, I'll I'll look into that for you. I'll, you do I'll ta- it. I'll take that on. I will Thank tell you. you about some aliens sometime soon. And I I got all the Butch Cassidy books out of the Spokane Public Woo! Library. Sorry, everybody, that's where those are. <laughs> <laughs> You're hoarding them yep. like a dragon on your treasure. Oh yeah, like the the moment that I became able to place holds on books from the comfort of my own home, it was all over for them. Yeah, like I'm yeah. like I just roll up and fill my bag and leave. Cool. okay but if you want to keep in touch with us or catch up on the back catalog you got to go to ouijabrods.com or -hmm. you can find ouijabras on itunes podbean stitcher probably other stuff i don't know if we're not there (laughs) maybe we'll get there 
Uh-huh. So. Social media, my friend. Social We're there, media. too. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Come join the conversation and see cool stuff. Uh, we're always happy to have folks join us on Patreon, and that's a good place to get these episodes early release, usually a couple days, sometimes only half a day, and also outtakes and interesting behind-the-scenes peaks. And in the meantime, everybody, wait, did I do all the things? You did all the things, my friend. I did all the things. In the meantime, we would like you to live weird. Sex weird. Yeah, do that. Have a little death <laughs> weird. That's the way. <laughs> yeah, thank you for bringing that around to a clever thing. Yeah, die you weird. die weird, yeah. and then you stay weird. Thank you, That's friends. Don't ever let them lock you off for being weird. And if they do, you call me. I'll come be weirder <laughs> outside, so they gotta come get me. Liz has got your thousand dollar bail money. Hell yeah, I do. And I'll testify that. Hey, hey, you keep an aspirin between those knees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>